Hey everybody, welcome to the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Pakulski. As always, I want to live an amazing life. I want to love the way I look. I want to feel incredible all the time. We're searching the world to find the brightest and best guests for you so that we can help you do the same. And today's guest is absolutely no exception. A great friend of mine, brilliant and incredibly successful entrepreneur who's turned his life into a brain and body biohacking experiment. Matt Gallant joins me again today as a repeat guest on the podcast because the first time he got such an incredible response and provided so much value. I always try to bug Matt to come on again because I always learn something incredibly useful. Matt is someone who's pushing the envelope of really getting his brain and his body to perform at a super high level. You're going to love this conversation. We dive a little bit into entrepreneurship, but mostly we're diving into how Matt is hacking his brain and upgrading the way his brain functions and performs, as well as his body and all the things he uses and all the things he does to perform at the highest level possible for him, which is this constant evolution, the constant ascension of the mountain. And Matt is someone I look up to tremendously and respect. And these are some of the strategies that I'm going to start implementing into my life to get my brain functioning at an ultra high, call it savant-like level, which I would certainly put Matt at that level. Matt is so calm. Matt is so focused and so productive. And I think that maybe is what's very appealing to me. And I know why it's going to be so appealing to you. Today's episode of Muscle Intelligence is brought to you by By Optimizers. By Optimizers is leading the industry by always coming out with cutting edge new products and formulations to support our greatest life. Today's feature ingredient is MagTech, and I think it's so important that we acknowledge that magnesium is one mineral that you are not getting enough of. Most people, if not all, seem to be magnesium deficient, especially if you're training. Um, it's considered the body's master mineral with over 300 critical processes and reactions. Um, even digestion is, is implicated in, with magnesium. And I would highly suggest you guys check out By Optimizers MagTech. Why? Because it's loaded with seven different types of magnesium. And this is relevant because magnesium has different roles in different tissues. And by attaching the magnesium molecule to a different chelate, it can actually be more predisposed or more inclined to working with a very specific tissue. So if you take the same type of magnesium all the time, it's only going to tend to work on one type of tissue um, because of that chelate that's attached to it. So Bioptimizers has gone out and combined seven different magnesium chelates into one incredible product. And this is a really great product with really high absorption. Matt and I talk about this a little bit in this podcast and uh, highly suggest you guys head over to magbreakthrough.com and you can use the code MUSCLE10. That's magbreakthrough, M-A-G-B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-O-U-G-H.com slash muscle. Or you can head over to Buy Optimizers as well. Buyoptimizers.com will take you there and use the code MUSCLE10. Don't miss out on this amazing opportunity to get hooked up with Mag Breakthrough. I hope you guys enjoy my podcast with my great friend, Matt Gallant. All right, ladies and gents, boys and girls, we are live with Matt Gallant in the Muscle Intelligence Facebook community. Guys, thank you for joining. Matt, thank you for joining from lockdown in Panama. Four, four hours a week, buddy. 
Yeah, we're on hardcore lockdown here. I think the only place that's more lockdown is Dubai, where you need a, a piece of paper to get out of your house. But yeah, four hours a week, any other time you get arrested, they've already arrested 600 people. So they're not playing games here. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine they'd be playing games in Panama. That'd be one place where I'm not going to mess around. Like, I'm going to tell you about my experience in Colombia. I was walking down the road, it was one in the morning, and I got stopped by police. One came at the front, one came from behind, assuming I was going to, like, in some way be maybe non-compliant. The last place in the world I'm about to start messing with anyone is South America, man. Yeah, you know, you look around and it looks like Miami. It looks like a first world city. But the one place where you're very clear it's a third world country is in the prison. Yeah. I've seen the video footage. It's not a place you want to be. So, no. I mean, and I think people don't realize that is, is this reality of like, if you go to prison, instantly you have to become somebody new. Right. You can't be the same person you are in this civilized external world when you're in that ultimately uncivilized animalistic place. And that's not putting you know a label on anybody. That's just how they exist is like you, yeah. you, you fend for yourself and fight for your life individually or you don't mm -hmm. exist or, you know, or you yeah. get, you know, you get destroyed. And that's, I mean, not to, not to start off the podcast talking like that, man, because we're here to talk about optimization. And for those of you that don't know Matt, uh, Matt has been a guy who I've been looking up to for a long time now, man. And I don't know if you know this, Matt, but like someone who's just really focused on optimizing every area of life. And, you know, as someone who's a retired bodybuilder who optimizes body, Matt also is doing the same. He's optimizing mind and business. And these are all things that, you know, I'm fascinated and passionate about. And man, that's, Massive respect. I think everyone who listens to this show is going to get a tremendous amount of value. Yeah, I think it's one of the things that bonds us. We've been friends for a few years now, and we're just both hyper-focused and passionate about optimizing every aspect of our lives. So yeah, uh, excited to share some, some so gold. How, in that. Do you, how do you balance hyper-focus with neuroses or obsession? Like, you know, obviously obsession is a part of it, I guess, but how do you balance that, that obsession to be great with towing the line of being neurotic and uh, OCD? It's a great question. First of all, I'm, I'm naturally obsessive. You know, my wiring, and I've looked at my genes and I have a very strong dopamine system, which tends to lead to compulsive, <laughs> obsessive. Yeah, yeah, which I've struggled with, you know, just to be fully transparent. I, yeah. I'm a recovered alcoholic and, and drug addict. So I, I know what that's like. And what I came to, and, and the real suffering even when I got sober, the real suffering for me came from being obsessed with getting to the next level of business and life and having no gratitude for the now. And, and one of the things I love about what you do and who you've become is that you, you always practice gratitude. And it's one of these things I've built in my life. And what I've come down to is, is I can be striving for better because I feel like that's innate. You know, if you're focused and you've got goals and you're clear on your purpose and you're living your passion, I don't need to even work on striving. It's just natural. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the key for me, for most people, is to be grateful for where I'm at, right? So I can be grateful for what I have while striving. And I think that's the ultimate of both worlds. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, you know, you speak about gratitude for me and gratitude for me was a necessity. It wasn't innate. It wasn't something I grew up with. It was something that I had so many negative thoughts and negative beliefs and inadequacy and fear and everything. And then someone said to me like, Hey man, just stop for a minute and be grateful. And, and I, I attribute this completely to Tony Robbins. So one year it was 2006, I was getting ready for the Canadian nationals. Uh, actually 2007 is getting ready for Canadian nationals. And I would walk upstairs. I made a commitment to myself that for a hundred days, I was going to, I was going to do an hour of cardio every morning for a hundred days in a row. I never missed. 
And every day I would listen to Tony Robbins for the first 30 to 45 minutes of that. It was either Tony Robbins or Jim Rohn. And I went back and forth on those two. And so the first three minutes of that cardio was three minutes of gratitude, which is what Tony advocates. And we start with three minutes of gratitude. And it was no, like nothing in my ears unless it was Tony walking you through gratitude. And it was just like, I'm so grateful for, I'm so grateful for, I'm so grateful for. And I committed to that for 100 days. Changed my life. And you start to look, you know, and he would talk about like, you just got a parking ticket. Be grateful. Why are you grateful? Well, you have a car. You're able to drive. You have enough money to purchase a car. Like you can look deep and find that gratitude. And man, that did not come naturally to me. I promise. Like I had that negative default like everybody else. Talk about shifting your perspective, right? Definitely necessary. So one thing I want you to talk about that you do much better than me, and I want to learn how, that's what I'm going to ask, is cutting away the fat, meaning you have so many things, so many plates that you juggle, as do I. We have a lot of irons in the fire, but you're really good at not doing the things you shouldn't be doing. You're really good at saying no. You're really good at working on your highest and best and staying focused on those things because that's your greatest contribution to the world while not getting stuck in your business, right? Talk to me about that. You know, it's not related to what we're going to talk about, but I think you have a huge value to offer there. Yeah, first of all, it doesn't come naturally. I mean, my nat my nature, my two top strengths, if I look, if I do personality tests, is strategy and ideation. So for me, in a perfect world, I'd be locked in a room coming up with, you know, dozens of ideas a day, new projects, new business, new products, new campaigns, new whatever. I'm still striving for that. Going back to striving, I'm hoping maybe to, in a decade or two, I'll be able to, to do that. Yeah. But I think it's being, you know, hyper, I'm a hyper realist in the now. And you know, when you're a hyper realist and you look at what your resources are and resources in business come down to the people around you, how much money you've got in the bank, what tools you have, whether it's, it's software or services or things like that, and your own limitations, it helps focus. And I learned the hard way. At one point, I had six businesses on the go and, you know, several multi-million dollar year businesses. And uh, what I've come down to is is less is more, right? And now I've got two main things that I'm driving on, uh, bio-optimizers and another project. And if I really want to push those things to the level that I'm I'm aiming for, which is you know nine figures or, or billion dollar companies, it, it's, it's just a necessary thing. I, it's not possible to at least at my level, maybe if I'm Elon Musk, I mean, again, you know, Elon has, has shown that it is possible, but he's, he's a unicorn amongst unicorns. I need to focus and I need to do less. And, but again, it, it's not a natural thing. It's something that I've had to learn to do and uh, focus. So, but it, it comes down to understanding your capabilities and your team's capabilities. Cause ultimately if I had, let's say more teams, and, and these teams were well-structured and the teams had good systems and these teams had good processes. Could I be locked in a room and feed these four or five companies enough ideas and strategies to, to keep them all growing? Maybe. Because, you know, one thing I've learned is one hour of strategy and ideation can produce anywhere from a hundred to 5,000 hours of man labor. And that's yeah. not an exaggeration, right? Uh, like you yeah. can come up, you can come up with a great new project. And the, the more ambitious it is, ambitious it is, obviously the more labor it's going to require to manifest that. I mean, imagine if you wanted to build a new piece of software that would help train people, and you got AI in it, and machine learning. That's a lot of of time, and it's going to be a lot of coders' time. So, but again, if let's say you had unlimited budget and you had the right team, you had the right coders, you had the right CTO. 
could that manifest? Sure. Probably. But yeah, but you need, someone to, you need someone to pull it out of your brain and be able to integrate all the little pieces. That's what seems to always be the limitation, right? If you're not there to oversee the little pieces with your ideation and strategy, it's often the challenge to get it all implemented, integrated, right? Well, you, you hit the keyword, which is integrator. Mm -hmm. So you need integrators. And, and I was struggling for a long time. I was doing too much integration work, which I fundamentally suck at. If we break down business roles as visionaries, as integrators, you know, visionaries, the people that come up with the ideas, the strategy, the vision, the game plan, which again, I'm, I'm, I'm naturally strong at. And then integrators are people that execute, they game plan, they get it done, they follow up. Like my follow-up score out of one to 10 is a one. Literally, I've done all kinds of tests that, that show that. So it was a huge breakthrough for me to realize, well, what am I wasting? You know, I'm struggling here because I'm, I'm trying to do something I'm not good at. So in terms of, of success, it, it all comes down to how many integrators I have around me and what's their skill level as an integrator. And if you look at integrators, you know, like level one is an assistant, right? It's kind of a mini integrator. Then you have project managers and then you have a director. And then at the highest levels, you have a COO of a billion dollar company that can integrate and manage all the moving parts of a billion dollar corporation. So there's a lot of levels, but, and, you know, just starting with assistance and starting with getting people to good project managers and then directors, that's kind of the evolution that I've followed. And again, at the end of the day, it comes down to that for, for guys like us. Man, it, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm right in line with you. I think strategy and, and ideation is where I'm at, but I've also learned to become a good integrator. And that's, I think where I'm I'm faltering in business now as I'm spending way too much time in that and not bringing those people on. Anyways, I don't want to talk about that. You you mentioned something in there, and I think this is super important to pull out, is you said uh, knowing your limitations. And I think mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. may be... Huge would, believer in that. Right. Now, I would be ignorant to, to pass over that because I think that may be the most biggest challenge for humanity to know what you're great at and stay mm -hmm. in that zone of genius versus knowing your limitations. Do you have a strategy? Do you have a system? Do you have a book? Do you I have do. a thought on how to dig into that? I, I do. The, the core strategy is to do every personality test you can. So I'll just highlight the, the big ones. Mm -hmm. Number one is, I would say, Strength Finder from Gallup. It literally tests your strengths. and It's one of my favorite tests. Second I'm one, just reading the book. Sorry, I've read that or I have that book. I haven't read it yet, but is that is that reading the book or going and actually doing the Gallup test? Well, well, doing the test and understanding what it means, right? And then you know it categorizes you into four different categories. You know, executing, influence, strategy, and kind of relationships. So you can see from a big level kind of where you fall on, but then it'll literally score you into thirty-four different strengths. It's incredibly powerful. So that's one. Second is Colby. And that shows you, you know, are you good at following up? Are you not good? There's Rocket Fuel, which, by the way, that's the book to understand the integrator Wickman, right? visionary relationship. Yeah, it was Gino Wickman and Mark. I forget Mark's last name, but yeah, it was you co-wrote it with a guy. That's a great test. That's free. DISC is very valuable. We use Predictive Index, which is kind of a better version of, of DISC, but it's kind of designed for hiring. But DISC is also very powerful. You know, doing Myers-Briggs is great. Uh, doing right-left brain tests is great. But I'm a fan of literally doing every possible personality test you can. You know, get somebody to look at your nutrigenomics and look at 
what your genes are because understanding that I have a very strong dopamine system uh, helps me understand that, yeah, I can get addicted to things, right, for an example. So the more you know who you are, the easier it becomes to be true to thyself, right? That, that to own self be true is one of my favorite mm-hmm. sayings. So that's kind of the shortcut. And then ultimately, I think a lot of experimentation in terms of going out there and doing things. Because one of the filters that I use with hiring is passion, purpose, and proficiency. And purpose is the hard one. And I'll give you an example. You know, you might be passionate about, you know, let's take you for an example. I think you're a great example. So, Because I think all three of these you're, you're in high alignment with. Your purpose is, you know, and, and it's evolved. But right now with what you're doing with muscle intelligence is obviously to help people optimize their own lives, help educate people. And you're, you're, you're world class at it. It's also your passion. But sometimes, you know, and for me, I'm the kind of guy, and it goes back to my brain, the nature of my brain. I can develop a lot of passions very quickly. You know, I have like too many passions sometimes. But is it aligned with my purpose? And for me, I feel my purpose is to create mega values in the world. So once I align things like by optimizers, which I, I feel I can help people move into the health spectrum towards biologically optimized health, that's aligned again with my purpose and my passion. And the proficiencies is the easiest part. That's skills, that's knowledge. But you know, the big one and the hard one, and very, very few people that I've met, I would say, are aware of their purpose. And even a lot of people aren't, haven't discovered passions for whatever reason. So that's a big one. You know, I think once you got those three things, and again, from a hiring perspective, when you're building teams, that's a really big one. If, you're, if everybody in your team has, they're aligned with their passion, their purpose, and their proficiencies, and it matches what you need in your business, it goes a long way to surrounding yourself with people that live in their zone of genius. And from there, you know, looking at things like strength finder and so on and so forth goal, you know, it's kind of the tweaks, if you will. Do you think that's why someone like Elon Musk is so is able to be so successful? It's just so yeah. much clarity on that purpose. Yeah. I mean, there is a guy that is like a thousand out of a thousand on his purpose. Like he's so clear on what that is and he's so obsessed with it. Going back to obsession. I mean, there's a guy that literally you know, scorched his marriage. Like I know people that know people that have worked with him directly. And, you know, he's the kind of guy that obviously probably needs to optimize his health a little bit. He's pushing himself and redlining a lot of the time. And, yeah. But he's, you know, the energy you get from purpose blows away anything you could possibly do. And yeah. I've discovered that my own self, like these last four or five years, I've really become clear on my purpose and my energy, my drive without me trying are increasing. So it's kind of an endless well of energy and drive that you can't match with just passion. Because before I kind of got clear on my purpose, I had a lot of drive, but nothing like I do now. And again, I'm getting older. So theoretically, I should be getting less. Clarity. So is that is your is your purpose then to help people optimize their, their biology? I'd say that's a passion. I okay. think my purpose is to create mega values for the world. You know, I really want to move the needle in terms of creating mega values, that can mean a lot of things. Again, purposes are, are more broad things. You know, and if you even when you're defining the purpose of your company, I think it should be broad by design because there's so many ways you can apply that. So again, for you, maybe your purpose as a company is how people improve their health or whatever it is. And you know, of course, with bioptimizers, is to help people 
and physical suffering while helping people activate biologically optimized health. Because once you taste that and, and you're in that boat, it's so powerful, right? It becomes its own pleasure, its own, uh, I don't want to say addiction, but I mean, man, it's very, very nothing more uh, attractive. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. It's like it's like when you finally figure out muscle building and, and building that physique, it's, it's the most addictive thing. It, like any type of flow state, right? You're getting this state of like, biologically optimized systems feel amazing. Yeah. That's what we're trying to teach. Yeah. I mean, your neurotransmitters are all flowing in the right quantities. Your nervous system is well balanced. So you're not, you know, you're not too stimulated. You're not too relaxed. You're just flowing. And in terms of getting stuff done and just feeling great from literally the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed. I mean, it's an incredible thing. And people really get hooked on it once you taste that. And it's very different than just the aesthetics. Right at Boptimizers, we're, we're, we kind of create this triangle where there's aesthetics, health, and performance, and we're trying to maximize all three sides of it. Yep. And as you know, probably better than almost anyone out in the world, when you go for maximization, which is different than optimization, right? Like bodybuilders, it's maximum muscle mass, it's it's maximum uh, fat minimization, you know, try to get as lean as possible, as big as possible. Sometimes the health side gets compromised, right? I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a yeah, level where that's sort of happening. Yep. But I think for the average person, unless you want to compete, you can get all three sides and, and push them. And I think that's what you're teaching. You're doing a great job. So I think we're very aligned there in our visions. Thanks, man. And I think one of the things that you and I align on really well is this optimization of, of the nervous system kind of being this mm -hmm. overarching system, right? So yeah. I think we, we bonded over, you know, being meatheads in, in our in our past and, and wanting to build muscle. And now it's like, hey, now my focus is entrepreneurship, health optimization, optimizing my mind so that ultimately I'm able to think on a new level. I'm able to understand things in a new level. I'm able to, to, to discover and explore the esoteric realms and see what, you know, the true purpose of life is. And when you talk about optimizing your biology in specific areas around the nervous system and the mind, it's mm -hmm. really interesting practices. I love the concept of maximization. Talk to me about maximizing your mind and then we'll go into the nervous system. Yeah. Well, let's be clear though. A lot of times the best outcome is optimization, not maximization. That being said, kind of as a spectrum, right? Again, if, if you look at, let's take testosterone as a compound, you know, there's a point where you're optimizing your health. And then as you keep stepping up the dose towards maximization, then you start suffering consequences. Mm -hmm. And that's true for just about every compound. I mean, even caffeine, right? Like there's, there's a, a 13 gram, that's the LD50, where 50% of people would, would die. It's a lot right. of caffeine, right? Very hard to get to. But, you know, there's an optimal amount of caffeine. There's an optimal amount of just about everything you can think about. And that's a really key principle, you know, just kind of the minimum effective dose, the optimal dose, the maximum dose, and then the lethal dose. Right. And it's a hard thing for guys like me who are naturally maximizers to realize that, no, sometimes less is more. Sometimes less is better. Sure. And that's just a key point. But you got to learn to toe the line first, right? You learn to, you learn to, to toe the line a little bit. And then you yeah, you, gotta, you, you got a red line. You know, yeah. where, where are these limits? And then yeah. we can – That was me and bodybuilding for 20 years. <laughs> So as far as the brain, yeah, I guess, first of all, let's, let's talk about training because, again, as just like the body, I think the foundation of great brain optimization should come from training, not just from enhancing it with compounds, which we'll get into. 
But you can break down the brain into many components, right? You've got memory, you've got processing speed, you have creativity, you have focus, you have a lot of different elements that make up the brain. And, and, you know, when we're talking about the way I look at it, I call it executive functioning, you know, and it's really the combination of all these things. And there's different things that will optimize different aspects. The big one, and I know you've done it and, you know, I've been a huge fan of this now for five years is neurofeedback and your neurofeedback is so powerful and profound. And, And first of all, and we'll, we'll get back into the nervous system. It's probably the most powerful thing you can do to optimize your limbic system, the emotional brain. Because as you know, because you've done it, once you start removing traumas, these little traumas out of your limbic system, then you're no longer reactionary. So that means that instead of spending most of my time in fight, flight, or freeze, right, in sympathetic mode, I can spend most of my time in parasympathetic, right? Which is obviously healing, recovery, rejuvenative, flow. All of that is in that zone. And something that I've learned from psychologists and other people in the field is that most people have 300 to 500. This is an average person. This is not somebody who's traumatized. These little traumas. And circling back to where we started, I'm just going to share a little example which actually led to me becoming kind of this obsessive optimizer. So when I was young, you know, I'd, I'd usually be the top two, top three in, in school. And I came home from class, from uh, got my report card and showed it to my father and I had 96%, right? And literally his response was like, where's the other four? And that was really traumatizing. And it created this, you know, obviously it was very painful. I wanted obviously some validation from him, which I didn't get. And eventually led to a lot of conflict with my father and a lot of trauma, which which I've healed and you know we're, we're good friends these days. But you know when you have these traumas, then anything where people would maybe question me would be painful, first of all. But it's very interesting when you have these traumatic experiences, they can lead to character assets or character defects. And for me, it's led to obviously building this optimization capability where. Essentially, I'm asking, well, yeah, where's the other 4%, right? Mm -hmm. But here's the great news. When I heal that trauma, right, I did the forgiveness work and built the gratitude for that experience. Mm -hmm. First of all, that is no longer in my nervous system. So I don't have this reactionary experience if if I'm missing 4%. But I've kept the gift, right? The gift is this optimization capability. I can look at a website and think of 50 ways to improve it. I can look at any system and think of usually 50 ways of improving it. But the key is I have to identify these little traumas. That's what they're called in in the energy psychology world. There's the big traumas, obviously, you know, you got violated physically or or sexually or things like that. Obviously, these are very clear traumatic experiences. But, you know, even as a child, if if you're, let's say, four years old and and your, your mother is an hour late and you're hungry, and you're scared because she's not home or she walked away in the mall and you can't find her for 10 minutes. These can, can build up, you know, these can be very scary experiences for a kid. You know, every time that somebody broke up with you and obviously you didn't have the tools and, and there's usually four things that create these traumas. One, it's unexpected. Two, it's obviously emotionally painful. 
Third, you were not resourced. And fourth, you felt alone. When those four conditions are there, essentially the only tool you've got in that situation is to suppress, to repress. And when you suppress and repress, all that gets buried into the limbic system. And then your amygdala was kind of your body, your brain's bodyguard, right? It's looking for threats, it's like your security guard. It's, it's looking for things that might be a threat. Well, anytime it spots anything that's remotely close to those three or 500 little traumas that built up, guess what? You know, fight or flight. Now you're, you're triggering cortisol, adrenaline, noradrenaline. And most people are living in a chronic state of fight, fight, or freeze. And that, that's where obviously that leads to a lot of health issues. But the good news is we can clear that. And what happens when you clear these things, your brain just works a lot better because all of these, these little traumas are burning up RAM. One of the most powerful analogies that you can start just monitoring your brain is, you know, what's your RAM level? And in fact, when we start a lot of our business meetings, you know, the kind of the executive group will all check in. And one of the things we check in on is what's your RAM level? And I had a, a lunch one time with the chief architect of Travelocity, and he, he gave me a great metaphor, and I, and I use it to manage my own mental RAM. He's like, yeah, when Travelocity was scaling and exploding in growth, we had to keep the servers at 25%, because if we were at 75% and there was this spike from a media campaign or a marketing campaign, well, guess what? The servers would start crashing, right? Because you go from 75 to 100, and that was it. Yeah. And, you know, for me, mentally, 100% represents the beginning of overwhelm. You can go past 100. You know, 100, I'm feeling overwhelmed, you know, and then overwhelm can, can keep building. What I personally try to keep my RAM at is usually around 70, 75. If it starts getting below 50, then I feel like I need to fill it up, right? But at 70, 75, it's a good zone because it means that I've got space, and if I need to press and work a 60-hour week or 70-hour week because something needs to get done, I've got the space for it. Again, if I'm at 90, 95, or 100, and I got to press, I got no room to push, right? And the same thing with the body. If you're, if you're doing squats at you know, 10 sets and you're blowing your nervous system out and you had to train harder, there's no room to train harder. So you have to cycle up and down, obviously, with volume and intensity. So the brain's the same way. It's a very helpful thing. But when you do this neurofeedback, first of all, you learn, you learn to control your state and you can learn to operate in a higher alpha baseline, which means you're more in flow, you got more creativity, you're more calm, you're more loving. You know? and, and I was one of these guys that was really at a high level of beta a lot of the time, you know, focus, ferocity, and just savagery, yeah. <laughs> mental savagery, right? Yeah. Which I can still tap into. It's a gear. It's a, yep. it's a state. And but sometimes I like it's a conscious decision. It's a conscious decision. Well, I don't live there. Yeah. That's the key thing, right? I don't live there. I go in and, and I come out. So I'm a huge fan of neurofeedback in general. And we're just getting started. I mean, believe me when I say, you know, fast forward five, 10 years, our ability to train our brain is going to be extraordinary. Because there's different types of neurofeedback. There's one where obviously you're you're training things like alpha or theta and you're working on amplitude and things like that. But there's other, which for executive functioning is more powerful where you're training networks. You're connecting 
different parts of your brain because you have different parts of your brain that correspond to different functions in the brain. And you're connecting these more efficiently, more effectively. The, the resets on the neuron level happen faster. And I've been able to you know, double my reading speed, improve my focus from maybe an hour to now six, seven hours if I want to. Not that that's optimal. I still think taking breaks is best. But I'm able to do things I just couldn't do before thanks to some very hardcore training. And this is not like buying a, a Muse headset and playing around. This is 20, 30 hours of pushing your brain to a level that I've, I've never experienced before and very few people do. Some other things people can do at home, dual and back training, which is very difficult. And, and you know, those are cheap apps you can get in the app store, but you're, you're training the memory IO, your ability to hold it's kind of your RAM, essentially, in, in a certain way. It's kind of your short-term RAM where you're able to hold different sounds, you know, the letters and visually which squares lit up. It's very difficult. It's one of these brutal things that, that looks easy. And then as you step up, the difficulty becomes very difficult. Mm -hmm. Meditation in general, obviously. But neurofeedback, going back to that, is one of the most powerful accelerants of learning how to meditate. And you know, some people say you can get, you know, 40 years of Zen in a week. I don't know if it's that much, but I would say probably it, it is several years. It's literally probably a 50 or 100 extra in terms of speed. And I've seen that with myself and with other people. One guy in particular that we both know, um, he has literally a Zen master mind. And it took him does about seven there? trainings. Does he stay there, Matt? Like, because I know we've talked about the level of gamma he's able to attain. From your experience, yeah. you, you interact with him more than I do on a regular basis. Does he tend to? Does he tend to live there? That's his next level. Yeah. His next level, which I think he's he's working on and and getting more and more there, is learning to operate from there. And and here's the thing, David Hawkins talks about at five seventy on the map of consciousness. You get past that your ability to function in the world decreases. And I think that's directly correlated to gamma. Do you think he's going to go there or is he getting there? I think so. Yeah. So, but that's the decision he has to make is do I essentially give up on functioning and go for enlightenment? And I think, I think for him at this point, it's a, it's he's a, what is, he, what is he 30 years old? <laughs> he's not very old. Uh, 35. Uh, he's in his late, late thirties. Yeah. 30, that's 30, good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I've got a couple of questions I want to ask you, and I'm going to pull sure. back, pull this back about three or four minutes in the conversation because I think this is a relevant question. Reverse roles on yourself here for a second. What do you say to young Matt when he comes back from '96? You're asking me what's what's the mistakes I would fix in retrospect. Yeah, yeah. Um, a, lot parents, a lot of parents. I mean, I talk about parenting a lot. You listen to my podcast sometimes, I'm sure. And and uh, yeah, yeah. What is what does that look like when you're when you're ten year old? You said you were ten approximately. 10 comes back and says, look, dad, I got 96. What do you say? <laughs> yeah, I would say it's okay. You strive, strive for more, but you, you just did great, right? Like that, that's an awesome performance. And, you know, there's probably ways to improve. So again, I would teach that young version of myself gratitude. That's what I was missing for a long, long time. And I suffered for a long, long time until I learned to be grateful for the now no matter how much improvement there, there is or was, I suffered. I really did. And it was a lot of suffering. Yeah. I was the guy, the kind of guy that no matter how much gains I made, I just saw the next level and 
I suffered because Dude, that's the only way you're going to succeed. Like, and I talk about that all the time. The reason I was who I, who I was in bodybuilding was because I wasn't thinking about being the best guy in my gym. I wasn't thinking about being the best guy in my country. Since mm-hmm. I'm the best in the world, I, I, I'm nothing. And that was the only standard I knew. And, and that's where you're coming from. It's like, I'm doing 100% or I won't stop until I get there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the blessing. And the irony of it is it, it seems to always be the curse, right? Your greatest blessing is often always your, your greatest curse in life or, or until you learn perspective. Yeah. yeah. That's until you learn gratitude. Yeah. And again, I think, I think almost every entrepreneur or high level athlete suffers from this, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, we want to achieve X, Y, and Z and, we're very clear on what that is. And it's like that strivingness, that stay hungryness, as you know, Arnold popularized becomes a curse. But I think it's a beautiful place though, when you can be hungry and be grateful. And, and that's yes. where I've, I've and, be, and be conscious of it and choose to go there. Right. So I had this awareness a couple of days ago. It's like, I, you know, I, like many people, I learned to play on both sides of the fence. Right. I, I, mm-hmm. I fancy this yogic lifestyle and i'm like you know what the reason i go after it is because i had so much anger and trauma and, and fear and inadequacy and i need that because i used to have my outlet for for anger and fear was obviously violence or was, was training it's like i needed this polarization but sometimes people forget who i am right it's not who i was it's who i am and like that's at the core of it and be able to access both of those states consciously I think is the ideal objective in life. I want to be the ruthless lion or the ruthless warrior, but I also want to be the passive, calm, grateful monk, right? It's the warrior and the monk. Yeah. 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 And my good friend, uh, Todd Herman, wrote a great book called Alter Ego. And I think that's the ultimate. You're developing different states for different situations. Yeah. But he'd be a great guest for you to, to bring on if you haven't brought him on. I love uh, But yeah, so he's he he's worked with a lot of top athletes and that's what he helps them develop. Even you know, people like Beyonce, she has her stage persona yeah. that she snaps into. And different. then there's her in real life, right? You know, for me, like for example, I'm sure the same way. When it's gym time, I put on headphones, I put on usually some some pretty heavy, usually some Metallica, some other sure. things, and and I just it's savagery. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just focused savagery. So sure. it's about de- developing different dials. And, you know, it's interesting because the Russians, that's their natural way they see personalities. It's like, you know, you develop multiple personalities for different things, whether you call them personalities or alter egos or states. That's the thing. You know, you're a different person when you're with your kid than you are with your wife, typically, or with your friends. You're a different person in business than you are in the gym. You're a different person when you're meditating and going for God than when you're, again, dealing with some different challenges. So, and it's something that you can cultivate. Again, I recommend people read Alter Ego from Todd Herman. It's a great book that teaches you how to do that. And it's, it's something I think I've done unconsciously. Now that I'm conscious of it, I'm, I'm working on developing more and more dials on the TV, if you will. Yeah. So neurofeedback is it's massive about. for the brain. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some compounds, too. So, well, that, that, that's where I'm going. So okay. neurofeedback is very taxing to your brain right so you're going in there and you're training like it's like training your biceps or your quads like you're you're putting a demand on the system and you have this amazing pre and post neurofeedback protocol i'd love to get into that yeah we do yeah you know there's something really beautiful in terms of learning opportunities when you're maximizing Mm -hmm. you know when you're pushing something at its full capacity see where it breaks Exactly. You see the weaknesses in the system and you see its strengths. Mm -hmm. So that's the level we've gone to on the brain side. 
So for an example, when we did the first, when I did my first round, we were three guys and we were all crashing and burning by day four. And it was a seven day thing. By day four, we were all running on just pure willpower. I remember, I remember like day four, day five, I, I literally had to, to psychologically and spiritually summon a warrior spirit to keep me going. That's how exhausted I was. And the other guys were just crashing. They were passing out in the whole nine yards. So I realized right there, okay, well, there's some real physical issues and limitations we need to resolve. Mm -hmm. We started upgrading from there. So the second training, one of the biggest game changers, and I talked to a guy who does brain scans literally a couple, two days ago. And he said something mind blowing that, that validated this approach. We started taking <laughs> 50 to 60 grams of ketone esters a day. Mm -hmm. Okay. And if you know what ketone esters are, Absolutely. you know, it's, it's way stronger than salts. Mm -hmm. So it's a super, super, super physiological. Is that like three servings of like a human kind of esters? Is that what you're doing? But three. Uh, it's two. It's two. Well, it's yeah. It's two of those. And I like ketone aid a, a little better. I think it's a little stronger. I've tried both. And so, yeah. And, and two things happened. One, we were able to train a lot more and not get exhausted and train, you know, five, six days. Uh, and not crash. And the other thing that happened was, the, well, and this is the key, was the recovery. So we had more energy during the training, but what shocked me was the rejuvenative capabilities that we had on the ketones. And I've talked to Dom D'Agostino, mm -hmm. and he he validated that, yeah, it is very powerful in the nervous system. Because the limitations, and we've kind of created this, this neural matrix, if you will, you're breaking down the brain and the nervous system into the different components. And we started optimizing each one because ultimately the weakest component of that becomes a limitation. And we've been optimizing now six times. So every time we've been adding stuff, but I just want to say that the ketone was the first one. The second big one and was the nervous system because similar to squats, right? Ultimately your nervous system really becomes the limiting factor, which is different than the brain. Of course, they're, they're linked. But as we know, like you could burn, for an example, a thousand calories walking around your neighborhood, your nervous system's not going to get taxed, but go burn a thousand calories doing 10 sets of squats, mm -hmm. 20 sets of squats. Your nervous system is trash for, for days or weeks sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that was becoming the limiting factor. Now, what fixed that? And this is to me the, the key the key, key thing to your nervous system and it's magnesium. So magnesium at super doses is the number oh, one thing grams? I've ever what, found. What's two grams? Oh, oh, sorry. What's super dose? Over two grams? Yeah. So in terms of, let's say, call it a nervous system repair phase, it's four to six grams. Now you got to spread it out. Otherwise you're going to have disaster. Pains. Multiple sources. Like you're not just taking one type of magnesium. It's like four or five, six types of magnesium. Yeah. Well, let's get into that. So, yeah. Different magnesiums tend to go to different parts of the body, right? And they, they repair different parts. So, you know, we started taking the best mag at the time, in my opinion, was Quadramag from Poliquin. It was a good one. Um, so it kind of started, we started with two and three and then four. And then we kept doing the research and, you know, I was taking multiple pills. So what we've done at Boptimizer is we blended seven magnesiums, including Orotate, which I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of the Orotates in general. I think they just get better utilized by the body. When you switch, for an example, from a, a zinc, whatever, 
to a zinc orotate, you'll, you, you definitely feel the shift. And I think it's the same thing with magnesiums. And we've added the cofactors. For some reason, most magnesiums don't have the cofactors, the manganese and, and other things that help absorb it. And we work with, let's just call him one of the top formulators, and he's very a guy behind the shadows. So he's an expert with mon- monatomics and different trace minerals. So we've added those and we've tested with or without, and they do have a palpable effect. You feel it. And, you know, people that have tried magnesium breakthrough, which is what it's called, which again is seven magnesiums plus the cofactors plus the monoatomics. It's their favorite magnesium ever. And for an example, like it's incredible to, for bed, you take it usually 90 minutes before you want to go to bed, take three caps, which is about one and a half grams. You'll definitely start getting tired, which is great. But I was burnt out. So let me just rewind a little bit on the, my magnesium journey. So I was burnt out and I couldn't drink coffee anymore because obviously you have this myelin sheet that covers your nerves. And when you're stressed out and stress can come from anything that triggers the fight or flight, including coffee, right? Coffee is a fight or flight. We'll, we'll get into different nervous system compounds because mm-hmm. you know some stuff stimulates the sympathetic side and some stuff helps the parasympathetic side. But bottom line is I'd, I was burning, obviously, my myelin sheet raw on some level because I would drink coffee and instantly feel frazzled. And if, you know, frazzled is a great nervous system fried term. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there's a certain sensation in your nervous system. I felt frazzled. So I started, you know, doing the four to six grams of magnesium and high dose fish oil. So I was doing about 15 to 20 grams. And that protocol came from three different parties, mm-hmm. you know, Poliquin from Mercola and from another guy. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. He's, he's more on the spiritual side and they all came from different places and they all landed on that protocol. So I tried it, did that for 60, 90 days, and then I could drink coffee again. Like it repaired my nervous system. I think it repaired the myelin sheet. So going back to the brain training, usually before, during, and after, we really ramp up the magnesium. We ramp up the fish oils because you're just going to be utilizing the magnesium and the fish oil at a level and a pace that is super physiological. So those are critical. You know, so anytime you're really going to be pushing your brain, I'd say ramp up the dosage. And usually the stomach and the intestinal tract can handle about a gram per dose pretty easily. You know, some people a gram and a half, two grams becomes tough to handle. So if you're doing four to six grams, it's four to six times and there's no issues because the magnesium will pull water through. And that's what creates that kind of flushing effect. Although we've created magnesium breakthrough to minimize that. Go ahead. Were you pushing um, like choline so- sources as well and lion's mane things for BDNF or was that not something you guys added into the, to the protocol? Of course. Okay, yeah. well, let's, let's get into that because another component or aspect of the brain is, is neurogenesis, neuroplasticity, which if you do a neurofeedback or meditation in general, it improves. But I've been a huge fan of lion's mane for a long time. Again, I'm a five gram a day guy, especially before, during, and after trainings. Which, you know, most people take a gram, but there is a difference. However, you know, let's talk about some more powerful compounds. The thing that I've discovered, this, this was the last training. So the last training was the best one yet in terms of like zero recovery, except my nervous system, which, you know, I just slept a little more for two weeks and then I was 
back, you know, but the brain function was just right into, right into peak and then just kept building. And like really the last week or two, I've just felt them hitting new levels, but cerebral license, I've become a huge, huge fan of and yeah. mega dosing cerebral license. We were doing, I was doing 10 mLs of the Russian stuff a day, That's which is a high dose spray. No, no, this is injection. Injectable. Okay. So it's a big needle. 10 yeah. mLs is, is a big needle. But I got to say, smoothest stuff I've ever injected, like no. least painful. Like, I mean, Vitamin C and, and L carnitine hurt way more than. So this is from TaylorMade. Is this like from Ryan Smith, TaylorMade? No. So I, I started with the tailor-made stuff. And first of all, they don't make it anymore, unfortunately. And to do the doses I was doing with tailor-made, like you would have been spending, I think, 10 grand a month or something. Yeah. So the cerebral license is incredible. I mean, it's one of the most powerful things. And oh, usually, well, 10 mLs is a loading phase. And then I'm about to drop to five. I've just been doing 10 mLs now for about two months and I'm going to drop to five, but it's a six month cycle. If you look at the research and, and I've ch chatted with people that do it, they tend to stay on five to six months because it keeps building and I'm feeling it build. And then I stack that with cortexin, which is similar to cerebral lysin. By the way, you have to be careful. I crashed my immune system twice on it. Like the dose, you got to respect the dose. So I, I, I did a little too much. And I crashed my immune system twice on, on cortexin. It is very powerful. But, man, what a stack. The cerebral lysin and cortexin, one of the, the most powerful nootropics. And, and, again, to me, it's, you know, when you're talking about stuff that improves BDNF, I put it a little bit different in terms of nootropic effects because I'm not a guy. I'm a big fan of cycling through things. And, you know, for an example, I like qualia. But I, I do qualia maybe once a week and once every two weeks. Because right. anything that hits receptors, I don't want to be pounding my receptors on a daily basis. You know, take take CBD, which I'm a big fan of. I mean, you get the best effect if you take it maybe two or three times a week. Same thing with caffeine. Same thing with a lot of different compounds. And ideally, you're rotating through these different, let's call them short-term boosters. But stuff like Lion's mane and magnesium and fish oil and even cerebral lysin. You're talking about foundational baseline game changers. So I, I categorize them very differently. And, and again, I, I don't want to blast my receptors or even worse, crash an axis. So when I'm looking at compounds, I'm always looking at, well, is this going to tire out a receptor? Or if I really abuse it, is it going to crash an axis? And if it is, then you got to be you know, cycling very short term and cycling through different compounds. Um, I think this is uh, hugely valuable. I think people want to know this high level stuff, but now I want to pull this back down a little bit and go, okay, what are the actual things sure. for, for normal people who aren't going and doing neurofeedback? Is there still value and utility in doing these high dosages or do you recommend I agree. moderating it over time? How much magnesium should they be doing to optimize the nervous system and brain, brain function ultimately? Like we all, you know, of, of your, let's say they're using the seven magnesium breakthrough. Yeah. So again, I would recommend a loading phase and you want to kind of step it up to, to allow your gut biome to adapt to the magnesium. Okay. So you start with a gram, you know, and you can spread it out and then a gram and a half and two grams. And you know, I think three to four grams is a, is a good peak. And then you start stepping it down. I think two grams a day is a really magical zone, usually spread out over two dosages, one before bed and maybe one in the morning. 
And I think managing your nervous system, and we can get into all kinds of tactical things uh, that everybody can do, is such a game changer. And it's really one of the things we can control the most, right? I mean, it's very hard to control our organs, but we can control our nervous system, which obviously impacts every aspect of our lives, including our long-term health and, and our immediate reality. If you think about being in fight or flight versus being a calm, relaxed state, it's a very different quality of life. You know, and again, there's times where you want to get into focus, ferocity, or savagery in the gym, but I don't want to live there. You know what I mean? When I'm with my wife or even with you or with your kids, you want to be a, a cool, calm, loving human being. And I'd say in general, the, the best state to be in is calm but alert, right? Calm and alert is, is, is really the hallmark of alpha. If you're well-rested and your, your brain's optimized, and your nervous system is in the right place, that's kind of the natural place of, to be. You know, because when you're in beta mode and you're just kind of this high alert fight or flight zone, your ability to see the big picture gets compromised. Your ability to be creative gets compromised. So again, you know, if you're doing tasks and you're just want to be fast and rapid, that's one thing. But in terms of actually having a, a high level of executive functioning, there's a certain level of calm that comes with that. And that's where the magnesium come in. So yeah, magnesium and EFAs is the key, in my opinion, on the nervous system level. Those two things combined seem to have a really synergistic effect. How often are you doing the neurofeedback? I think optimally it's twice a year, you know, because when you do it, your brain is growing and changing and your limbic system is changing and growing for six to nine months, especially the first time. And, and I've talked to neuroscientists and yeah, it's like six to nine months. So I think twice a year is probably the optimal range. You know, I've seen guys do it kind of back to back and have negative consequences. You know, they, they, they got, they kind of just were stuck in fight or flight for a long time. So yeah, there's, there's definitely a recovery phase. Have you ever done any other like brain hacking stuff like TMS? Have you done TMS or maybe the Hoffman yeah. process? Yep. Yeah, I've done TMS. I've done electrical. I've done magnetic. I've got the V-lights. I've got two V-lights. I've got the alpha. And I've got their newer gamma one, which is extremely strong. I mean, that thing you don't want to mess with like two, three times a week is optimal. And that's it's three times stronger. The mitochondria because you're shooting light up your nose, right? You're shooting up, light up your nose and through your skull. So, and first of all, it, it's an immediate, like with the gamma, it's, so it's flashing at 40 hertz, which if you look at an EEG, which they've done, your whole brain hits gamma. Like it's kind of a short-term hack to get your brain into that state. Not as powerful as neurofeedback. And sure. you know, a lot of people will ask me about entrainment, like binaural beats or V-Lite and all these things. My metaphor is these entrainment technologies is like being on a bicycle with training wheels and getting pushed down a hill. Of course, you're moving and you're moving down the hill, but you're not really doing anything, you experience right? experience it, but you're not doing it. Right. And you're not learning anything. That's the key word. Versus with neurofeedback, you're learning how to ride an 18-speed bicycle up and down mountains. Very different. You know, you're both moving, but the learning that you're that's happening is is very very different. So, talk to me about how this integrates back into your everyday life, Matt. So, you're a super successful mm -hmm. entrepreneur. You're you're a married man. You've got a great relationship. Got many great mm -hmm. businesses and a great physique. Mm -hmm. How do you see it directly transfer into your life? So, I'm going to do this amazing brain training, and here are the places where I see myself thrive. Okay, uh, that's a great question. 
the first, I say, measurable change was in my relationship. And I would say, and, and I'm married to a Latina. She's, you know, anybody who knows Latinas, they're, they're fiery by nature. And my wife's probably extra fiery by nature. So we would probably have two or three days a month of, let's just say, explosive arguments, for the lack of a better word. And I was extremely reactive and she was reactive. And when you get two reactive people, you can have very explosive reactions. <laughs> and, you know, since I've gone, okay, this is five years. Okay, that was two or three days a month for, for, for years. You know, we, we've been together for a long time. Since I've gone, we've had zero, okay? Wow. And then since she's gone, so she went as well, she changed, you know, her EQ changed and, you know, yeah. So, but more than that, and going back to kind of, let's call it losing it. Um, you know, I kind of tracked that and, and I, I've, I've, in the last couple of years, I've lost it once a year. Like last year I lost it once, you know, like I lost my temper and the year before I lost it once. And what I've kind of tracked is my reactivity. Every time I've gone and, and again, cleared my limbic system of these little traumas, it's kind of like an 80% reduction. So went the first time, 80% reduction in reactivity. Another time, another 80%. So now I've only got 4% left. Another time, I got 1% left. So there's almost nothing that causes me to react anymore. So kind of my natural state, if you will, is just zen, you know, serenity. So there's a natural space of serenity that's just literally my baseline. And if anything takes me off of that for even a minute, I'm like, okay, well, that's unusual. Let's get back to serenity. And I've got the tools to do that, whether it's to meditate for five minutes, 10 minutes, do EFT, which I'm a huge fan of, do gratitude type of meditation. All of these tools will get me right back to serenity. So reactivity, EQ. So again, when you're talking about working with your team, I would say before I was a much more dictator-like leader, you know, more telling people, Again, without not a lot of love and care, what they needed to do and, and what, how they needed to perform. Now, my whole leadership style has changed. I'm all, all more loving and caring, understanding, or working with people. So it's definitely been transformative in that department. Like I told you earlier, learning speed, like reading speed doubled. I could read over a thousand words a minute, and, and I've tested my comprehension. You know, I'll, I'll listen to usually audio at the fastest speed. They'll go 2x, 3x, depending on the app or tool. So, and retention, and, and, and there's a level of wisdom. And I remember talking to the neuroscientists is like, yeah, you're going to develop levels of kind of strategic wisdom that you didn't have before. And that's allowed me to create game plans and ideas and solve challenges that I really don't believe I could have ever solved before. So it's a long list of things. And yeah, it's a long list. Yeah. So one thing that I loved that you shared with me in a separate conversation was your meditation practice. And I'm sure it's evolved. I'm sure it's always evolving, but you've mm. had some really great perspectives on the ones that have been most effective for you. If, if you wouldn't mind sharing those. Sure. Um, and this corresponds to understanding the brain. So the basic place to start is obviously measuring, you know, tracking your breath. And by the way, everybody's got an optimal, going back to nervous system, everybody has an optimal breathing cadence. Most people don't know that. So for me, and, and, you can get wired and literally as you're breathing in, you'll see the nervous system, you know, it's measuring HRV, but these are medical grade systems, you know, not, not, you know, aura ring or stuff like that. And literally if there's any stress in your breathing pattern, you'll see the HRV drop, right? 
So for me, and, and again, depends on the person, I'm like six and a half seconds. And again, this is not box breathing or six anything. And half, six and a half breaths a minute or six and a half seconds per breath? Six and a half seconds in, six and a half seconds out. Okay. Most people are between five and seven seconds. Now, you know, when you hold your breath and stuff like that, whether it's on the inhale or exhale, there's a stress response. And there's benefits to doing those breathing techniques. And I'm not bashing them at all. There's, you know, there's a lot of different tech benefits, different breathing techniques. But if you really want to maximize your nervous system's calming, it's really just a no force. And as a guy that kind of learned how to control my breath doing yoga and stuff like that, um, I had to kind of unlearn the, you know, kind of controlling the exhale and all these things and learn how to just really breathe naturally. Like the really the more natural your breath is, the more your nervous system is going to calm down. But the first thing I do is usually five minutes, you know, three to five minutes of breathing, usually with the mantra that, again, it starts calming down my nervous system. Like a TM mantra or one that you come up with yourself? Usually come up with myself. Like this morning, it was energy and God. So literally, I think on the inhale, on the inhale it was God and the exhale, it was energy. It just starts slowing my brain waves down. And then I'll do gratitude. And the way I do gratitude is something I learned from uh, my good friend, Jesse Elder, is I look at the wins of my past or look at the wins I have and I backtrack. And the backtracking is kind of the unique aspect that Jesse develops. For an example, you know, I'm grateful for my home, right? And I backtrack that to what led to that, which makes me feel like I'm a manifester. It, make, mm-hmm. it, it makes me realize well, yeah, I worked and I earned this amount of money and I was able to purchase this place. And there's a deeper sense of, of creatorness than just the gratitude, right? It's gratitude plus my ability as a manifester, which, which is kind of where I'm going with this meditation. So I'm backtracking and I do that for five minutes. And then the third phase that Jesse developed, um, again, this is Jesse's process, is I go into the future. Right. And I start creating in my mind what I want to create, including who I become. And there's a lot of research that shows that if you start visualizing, again, a different alter ego, for example, is a perfect example. Let's say you wanted to develop a new version of Ben Pakulski. You start visualizing how that person feels, how he thinks, how he acts, how he interacts with people. And you're starting to develop that alter ego in your brain. You're starting to wire the neurons. So I'm a huge fan of that. And I believe both from a linear perspective, it has obviously a very profound effect on the brain and even the rectangular activating system where you're looking for these things in your life. You're looking for things in your environment that validate that new thing you're working on. Mm-hmm. But I also believe that from a nonlinear perspective, and for the lack of a better word, the, the laws of attraction and things like that, uh, you know, I think you're working on both levels. And then I just listen, you know, I'll just listen for downloads. So that's one style of meditation, which is kind of going from alpha down to theta. Because when you're visualizing stuff, it's not alpha anymore. And and it's really good for theta, which is a slower brainwave. So that's one of the styles of meditation. And I find it very helpful. I love that. That's amazing. So getting back to this optimizing your biology piece, Bioptimizers has been putting out amazing products for what's it been, four or five years now? It's actually been 15 years. Oh, like we actually did mass time 15. Yeah. We rebranded as Bioptimizer is about five years ago. Mm. So well, I, I started using it five years ago. 
And I think that's when you and I really started to connect and love the product, man. It's an incredible product as far as protein digestion. And we talk about yeah. this, this, this idea of maximization in bodybuilding. Well, if you're looking to optimize digestion, you probably just eat less meat and let your body kind of optimize the digestive tract. If you're looking to maximize digestion, which is kind of what we're trying to do when we're trying to build muscle, then it probably allows you to push that level of maximization further. You've got an amazing video online that just is mind-blowing. And you can tell everyone about that because I know it was a really interesting experience you guys did. I'd love to hear about Masszymes and now these proteolytic probiotics you guys have come out with. Yeah. So when you're pushing calories, let's say you're trying to gain as much muscle mass as you can. And you know this because you've told me the limiting factor, if you will, where the, the biggest constraint is, is the eating. Mm-hmm. You know, eating becomes a challenge. Eating, yeah. Yeah, literally putting the food down. And, and I do 6,000 calorie to 8,000 calorie days one day a week. And what I've learned and experienced is that these products, you know, Mazimes and HCL Breakthrough and P3OM allow me to eat six to 8,000 calories comfortably because mm-hmm. I've done it with or without. And, you know, it's the difference between kind of bloated, gassy, right. stomachs hurting yeah. versus you know, being able to digest the food and being able to eat the next meal. So I think, again, if you're eating, I'd say above 4,000 calories a day, you know, even above 3,000, 3,500, these can make a massive difference in your capabilities, first of all, of consuming more food. But more importantly, it's breaking the food down and then transporting it through the intestinal tract, which we have an ingredient called astrazyme, which does that. And then third, assimilating it as muscle tissue. Because even within the blood, you know, with once something goes through the intestinal tracts into your body, the enzymes in your body are what will take raw amino acids and then convert them into muscle tissue or peptides or neurotransmitters. So, you know, people think about food. Well, okay, food, good quality food is step one. Breaking it down is step two. But step three is the assimilation, which is transporting through the intestinal tract and then turning that into muscle tissue or organs or neurotransmitters or peptides or cells when it comes to the fatty acids or brain tissue. Very few people understand that that's a critical piece of it. And that's why we're so big on proteolytic enzymes. You know, we, we like to say that it's like turning one gram of protein into three grams because you're going to break down way more protein into amino acids, first of all, and second of all, transport a lot more of it up to 66% based on the, on the studies that have been done through the intestinal tract. And then I think assimilate a lot more of it. And there's been mind blowing research done on athletes in terms of even recovering from injuries where you're cutting the recovery time in 50% or more. And that happens when you take the proteolytic enzymes on an empty stomach. So when you take things like masszymes on empty stomach, will go through the intestinal tract and actually have systemic effects, which which can have profound that, effects that's on how recovery. I take it daily when I'm fasting. I actually take yeah. probably five or six capsules on an empty stomach and with a lot of water. Mm-hmm. And what I notice is that general dull ache that you get, you know, after being a bodybuilder for 20 years just goes away. <laughs> and if I train really hard, it just seems to feel like, hey, that muscle soreness has gone away. And one thing that I, that I become a huge advocate of enzymes and HCL since realizing how much stress is impacting the digestive tract. I don't know if you're if you if you want to speak to someone like that, but the mm-hmm. the decreased production of HCL, the decreased ability to break down 
proteins because of the amount of stress we live in. And I say this all the time, but you get this, like you speak about a breath at six and a half seconds in six and a half seconds out. So that comes down to about five breaths a minute, right? Most people are breathing at about 15 to 18 breaths a minute, right? So they're breathing three times the rate they should be. Why? Well, because their sympathetic nervous system is turned way up. So what do you think your digestion looks like when you're breathing at 15 to 18 times a minute at rest, your digestion right. is effectively destroyed. You're, you're leading down the path of leaky gut, inflammation, indigestion, and, and ultimately not ultimately having a great physique, not building muscle, not recovering really well, leading down this path of having this entire, entire inflammatory cascade because it all starts with stress, right? So if someone's living that stress life, being able to support your digest, digestive tract is massive. I'd love it if you'd like to speak to that a little bit. Yeah, so, they, so the estimates are by the time the average person's at 40, they're hydrochloric acid and their digestive enzymes are down to about 30% of what it was at peak. And I think for a bodybuilder, and there's a lot of interesting evidence of that. It's way, it's even less than that because they're sure. eating so much food, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're utilizing, they're, they're stressing. Yeah. They're digesting so much food. They're stressing their digestive system, like literally three or four times more than it's just the average person. Right. Yeah. So I think again, for a bodybuilder, it's critical for their health. And for their bodybuilding success to be using the strongest enzymes possible, which mass enzymes are on the proteolytic side, and stack that with HCL. And you can then add the P3OM, which is a proteolytic probiotic. So the probiotic actually helps to get the protein out of the amino acids, sorry, the amino acids of the protein. So that's really... I think the ultimate digestive combo is those three products together. And you're going to get just a lot less distended bellies. Because you know, a lot of people think, well, the GH is what causes the distended belly. I think and there's a lot of evidence of this that it's just food. You know, it's bloating, it's gas, it's then, uh, you know, bacterial overgrowth. Yeah, and then loss of control of the abdominal muscles. Because yeah, you're always, yeah. you're always, always full, full. Always. Always full. And then you're like, oh, you got to hold your waist in. I'm not holding my waist in. Man, I can barely hold it in. Like, like oh, you, gotta, you couldn't do it. Because it was always trying to be 320 pounds. Like you're eating so much meat and so much food. And again, even if you're not 320 pounds, like even at 240, is still a huge amount of food. Any huge, any large amount of weight relative to your structure, right? You're breaking down a whole bunch of food. And one thing that we didn't acknowledge, and, and I kind of shouted it out there, was pharmaceuticals, prescription drugs. We know are destroying people's guts. So anyone taking any type of any type of prescription drugs. You need digestive enzymes. It's a must. And HCL for most people. Not everyone, but most people. And that's something we can advocate a little testing method for people. Yeah, I want to just kind of fly through a little grid that I built. And maybe we can share this with the audience um, on the show notes. I'll, it's like a one-page PDF. So I've divided you know, the body into parasympathetic, which is, again, healing, and sympathetic, which is fight, flight, or freeze and looked at different types of things. So for example, exercise on the parasympathetic side, you got Tai Chi, you got yoga on the fight, flight, or freeze. You got weightlifting, you know, sports and running on the biohacking side on the healing component. You've got floating, which by the way, the number one by a long shot, in my opinion, floating in a sensory deprivation tank is the ultimate parasympathetic shifter meditation, EFT, which I'm a huge fan of, and let's call it the sleep, which we're both huge fans of. On the fight, flight, or free side, obviously things like cryo is a little more in that mode. 
music, right? I mean, everything, remember we talked about this on the first time I was on the show, listening to class, and there's some research that just came out that proved this, which was awesome. I just saw it recently. If you're listening to Metallica or whatever type of music gets you amped up during a workout, obviously it's going to increase the fight, fight or freeze response. But as soon as you're done working out, shift the music, you know, classical and stuff like that. And I just read research two weeks ago that proved the, it was an improvement in recovery, which is key. You know, looking at neurotransmitters and hormones on the parasympathetic side, you got serotonin, you got endorphins, you got oxytocin, you got anandamide. On the sympathetic side, you got adrenaline, noradrenaline, you got cortisol, you got dopamine, emotions. On the parasympathetic side, you got gratitude, happiness, joy, peace, serenity, fight, flight, or freeze. You got fear, anger, that drive, willingness, and emotional reactivity. Lifestyle-wise, you know, things you can do on the healing side, hanging out with your pets, playing with the kids, making love, walking in nature, relaxing at the beach. On the fight, flight, or freeze, work, intense sex, right? So sex can kind of be either or. You know, supplement-wise, on the healing side, you got reishi, L-theanine. CBD, CBG, CBN, lavender oil, which I'm a huge fan of, ashwagandha and magnesium, which we've talked about. On the sympathetic side, you got coffee, you know, any stimulant, THC, nicotine. And then on the brainwave side, you got alpha, theta, and delta. And on the healing component, and then on the fight, flight, or freeze, you got beta and gamma. So I'll share this PDF so you can post it in the notes. Great. But when you start really understanding all these different sides, the key is not to be in, in parasympathetic all the time or, or to be in fight or flight. It's n- knowing how to move back and forth and knowing, well, you know what? I'm a little fried right now. I'm feeling my nervous system is frazzled. I need to spend a little more time and energy and resources healing my nervous system. You know, go floating, take the magnesium, you know, sleep more. And even like something like a massage, and if you're getting these intense, you know, muscle release muscle activation type massage, that's a fight or flight response, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I've had somewhere I'm like squirming and versus kind of a Swedish massage where it's, you know, you're kind of passing on going in and out of theta. That's more of a, of a healing type of experience. So it's really powerful. It's really been profound for me to learn how to manage my nervous system, especially as an intense high output driving entrepreneur and guy that likes to work out hard. I think for people like us, it's 10 times more important that we learn this dance because, you know, the average person that watching Netflix and chilling and, you know, working a, a low intensity job, they don't need to worry about this, but guys like us, we need to. Man, I think everyone's nervous system is overstimulated. And I think <laughs> especially my audience that they're, you know, even if you're sitting in front of the television, chances are your heart rate's not five breath, or your respiration rate's not five <laughs> breaths a minute, is it? Right. So, and that's where we should be on average, right? Five to right. six breaths a minute. And what should we do to get there and make that our default state so we can access our minds, so we can access our calm emotional states without being reactive? And I think that's a very appealing opportunity for people that are listening. Uh, learn to start first hacking your nervous system so you can start doing it with things like magnesium, things like meditation, and then allowing yourself to go deeper and deeper into those daily practices like consistent meditation, neurofeedback, floating, things like that. But, you know, taking those quick fix supplements are so important to be able to calm you down so you can then access, it's kind of, it's the, it's the wedge, right? It's the fin into the wedge in the door, get something in the door so that you can start doing those, those bigger impact tasks. So Matt, man, thank you so much for being here. I'd love for you to tell us where we can access bioptimizers 
and where we can learn yeah. from you ultimately. Yeah, so buy optimizers, which is spelled B-I and then optimizers.com. Uh, if you use muscle 10, you'll get 10% off of any products. We have some cool some cool stacks that you know, including some of the stuff we talked about. If you want to learn more about our magnesium product, go to magbreakthrough.com slash muscle 10. So M-A-G breakthrough.com forward slash muscle, all small caps, and then one zero. And you'll get 10% off of magnesium. So again, for anybody who's a bodybuilder or training or eating a lot, I would recommend try Mazzymes and HCL together. It's really magical. And then for people that really want to optimize their nervous system, definitely try Magnesium Breakthrough. It's an incredible product. Yeah, I'm, I'm a massive advocate of Mazzymes. And this is this is just my honest opinion. Like I use it as often as I can, as often as I need. So I'm consuming a larger meat meal. I'll take in anywhere from three to five capsules. If I'm taking yep. in between meals or in the morning, it's a little bit more. And I find, you know, two or three capsules is enough, but I'm a big guy and, you know, I'm a maximizer. So I'm, I'm sometimes pushing to six to 10 capsules. Yep. And I really notice a difference. I really notice my, my inflammation goes down, my joints feel better. And just that overall general ache, maybe from, from, from training hard, squatting, deadlifting, it's like turning it down the volume on the burn on the discomfort that exists, even not when I'm, when I'm not training, right. Which is a, uh, an honest statement. And I've been using proteolytic enzymes, man, since 1999, I started on wow. yeah, yeah. a in 1999 and that product is I still think it's fantastic, but yeah. it probably one fiftieth of what mass time is as far as yeah. uh, concentration of, of the ingredients. Yeah. That's a, uh appreciate the, 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 the feedback. One, one last thing to I'll recommend, especially this is more kind of a, a cheat day or refeed day, whatever you want to call it, when you're going to eat, you know, pizzas and gluten and stuff like that. We do have a product called Gluten Guardian. And what I do, because my, my high calorie day is going to be usually breads and pastas and stuff like that. I want to eat a lot of carbs. I'm usually keto the rest of the time. And what, I, what I'll do on that day is Gluten Guardian and HCL. That's the key combo. I find it more effective to deal with uh, – gluten type foods and mass time. So gluten guardian for, for carb days, for, uh, for gluten days and combine that with HCL. And it's, it's just amazing. No digestive distress, no gas, no, no bloating. You just feel good all day, despite eating a ridiculous amounts of uh, pizza and bread and whatever. You start fermenting your stuff, man. You start making it at home. I'm actually starting this weekend and my daughter and I are baking some sourdough bread. So when I get a good recipe, I'll I'm jealous. Out of your way. Definitely make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for me. That's, that's, and that or a good grilled cheese sandwich with a sourdough bread, I think it's as good as it gets for his comfort food. So good. Matt, you're a wealth of information, dude. I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you, man. I, I think what you've been putting out these last couple of years is some of the, the highest level information that's out there. I love the guests you bring on and I love your commitment to excellence. And, you know, I've learned so much from you as well. I mean, I, I did one workout with Ben, everybody. And it was, you know, keep in mind, I'm a kinesiologist. I've got my degree in kinesiology. I did martial arts and self-defense and crowd crowd type stuff. So I know my biomechanics and Ben made me feel like I knew nothing. It was the best back workout of my life. So if you get a chance and if you haven't gone to train with Ben at one of his camps, you're missing out. I mean, who I, I, I I would have never, ever expected to learn and, and have it have such an impact. And again, I've carried all of those learnings from that one workout into my trainings even today. So it's been incredible. Thanks, man. We're going to do it again once we're no longer in four-hour week quarantine. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Thanks. I appreciate you, man. Have a great day. Thanks. You too.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for tuning into the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. You know, I'm incredibly grateful for your time and for your ear and for your trust. And we continue to build this amazing community of inspired, successful, and passionate people in the Muscle Intelligence community on Facebook and around the world. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you guys. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Matt, um, where we talked a lot about his quest to balance his obsessions and neuroticisms, perhaps his addictive behaviors, which I think a lot of us have at some level, um, how to stay focused, um, which is really challenging for a lot of us, how to not waste time. Um, you know, how to be great in, in whatever you want to be great at. We talked a little bit about the personality assessments, which I have every one of my mentorship clients do. You know, we'll often do the Myers-Briggs. We'll often do the Strengths Finders. We'll often do the Rocket Fuels assessment, whether you're a visionary or an integrator. So, so important. These are things we talked about today. And hopefully you guys enjoyed this podcast. If you did, I know Matt would appreciate a follow on social media. He's building up a social page. He's also got an amazing website where he writes great articles and great stories. And he has so much value to offer to this world. So I highly suggest you head over there and follow Matt. And also definitely, definitely, definitely don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Uh, whether this podcast or any of our other ones has helped you, we would appreciate you sharing it with at least one person you know and love who wants to live their greatest life in a body they love. Guys, thank you so much for being here. Don't forget to go over to buyoptimizers.com and check out the product Mag Breakthrough. This is something that I do not ever want to go without. Magnesium is something that I take daily. This is one of my non-negotiables. So for myself personally, I'm taking about a gram at dinner and then about a gram before bed. And that really makes a difference for me in my heart rate variability. That makes a difference in the way that I sleep and feel the next morning. Also seems to make a pretty big difference to my blood sugar. So inflammation, insulin regulation seems to be massively impacted by my levels of magnesium. So something to think about, guys. Head over to magbreakthrough.com and use the code MUSCLE10. You can, As I said, you can also go to buyoptimizers.com and the code MUSCLE10 will work there for you too. Same company, same product, two opportunities to access. Have an amazing day. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you for always supporting the podcast and have a wonderful day. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for tuning into Muscle Intelligence. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with at least one person you know. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. The statements and views on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Ben Pikulski and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements or advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest and products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.